really is party time, Mom. Welcome to another episode of the Chad Prather Show. We're in the Mothership, which is Studio 22. The perfectionist puppet master, Mark, is at the helm, driving us in to the nether regions of all things spy thriller. Doom, doom, doom. Oh, yeah, Candice, the queen of the Saudi Arabians. Brad Thor's on the show today, Natalie. Brad Sexy. Thor. Sexy. Is on the show. I am sec- sexy. He's super talented, though. Right. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. You know who else is on the show? Party Foul Steve. Party Foul Steve's on the show. Look sexy. at him. There he is. How are y'all doing? Do you guys know why Steve sits right there in the middle? Well, first of all, because he needs to be the center of attention, but you know why? <laughs> because if you sit over there where the Texas legend Steve Helms is sitting, and you're watching this on a television screen, and people are doing the live chat, uh, it blocks the face of the person and just scrolls up. Oh. Really? Yeah. So feels, Steve, make sure he's, like people really sure do to see that, that I'm face. always on this side, and if there's just two of us, the one sits on this side. I thought it would be this chair nope. that would be blocked. Nope. Turn nope. it, it sideways on a television. That's why I don't ever watch it okay. on a television. I had to go to Steve's house. Well, I was at Steve's house one time because it's always on their TV. Yeah. You know, it's got to be larger than life so it, Steve can see Steve. Yeah. It's because my wife likes to watch it. Not because of me. I ask oh. her, are you watching because of me? And she says, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, you love yourself I'm enough I'm sure you don't like to watch yourself, Steve. No, I don't. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. I laugh at Party Foul, though. Hey, I, like, there's stuff that gets said on this show that I don't hear until I listen back <laughs> and I laugh my ass off. <laughs> It's true, and it's just the off-the-cuff stuff that you guys, you included, say. Yesterday. Oh, God. On the show, he wore a T-shirt that i You mean I'm, Monday? No, yesterday. yesterday. It aired yesterday. It was which one? Okay, anyway. Oh, last I, week. I'm all confused. I don't know what day <laughs> it is. I don't even know what day it is. Last week. Yeah. He wore a Chad Prather for Governor shirt, and I really am getting like bombarded with people wanting to buy that shirt. Really? I really am. Well, True I hope story. you send them to the right place. But don't I, talk about it because I'll get in trouble by the executives here at the place. Okay. <laughs> well, again. You can't tell them about, about watchchad.com? That's messed up. Uh, <laughs> the uh, You know, I've always been a rebel, right? <laughs> yeah. And Gaston called me on the phone <laughs> months ago, and he's like, Chad, seriously, bro. <laughs> you gotta quit you gotta he's quit he's the rebel with a with a cause <laughs> i was like my bad man i thought if we you know snuck it in in the middle of the episode y'all would y'all they would quit watching deep. they watched i thought, deep, I thought yeah. they were benevolent overlords yeah <laughs> it's okay i love being a part of the blaze i'm not kidding yeah i love being a part yeah. of this studio this, this network i do i'm not kissing anybody's ass i do that some but um <laughs> not really not this time no, no he I, really, I really don't you don't i but i do love being you know i'm i'm all for one one for all kind of thing mm-hmm. in here you know this yep. is my family i mean this is not just you guys but the larger blaze deal not glenn beck but the rest of everybody else is like really kind of my family mm-hmm. you know i love on stuber gears weird until he starts drinking then it's he's like great. okay he's normal <laughs> he's normal you just like gotta him. get him drunk and who knew Jason Butchell got so quiet when he drank alcohol? That's the trick. Now yeah. I know how to shut him up. Yeah. Who knew? I mean, insane. I'm excited about today's show, though. I am a big fan of Brad Thor. I've read all the books except for the one that comes out tomorrow. Uh, Near Dark is the name of it. Uh, it is the 20th book of Brad's, and it is the latest installment of the Scott Harveth series. Literally, if you get on my phone and you type Scott Harveth, on, it's going to send you over to my favorites because I keep the chronological list of the books. 
for the website i go to it because i wanted to read them all in order mm-hmm. and yeah i've read every word every single word so i'm excited about this one this one's it's called near dark it is dark i've read the review on it i'm not excited about it in terms of what's going to happen <laughs> but i gotta read it yeah. like i'm excited but i'm like mm, some like some really dark things are going to happen anyway oh. <sighs> you should read a book sometime <laughs> I Try have. It. you have I mean, was it a good experience you know. yeah she went to school. 1984? Yeah. No, I, 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 I did read 1984. <laughs> they made me. Three books a week I read. That I am not an avid reader like that. I'm very impressed that you do that. Three books a week. I, I th- I'm pretty sure I have dyslexia, so reading isn't as fun for me as it would be for somebody like you. Oh, no. I can't comprehend shit, but I do read them. <laughs> do you, can you do Audible? No. I can't. I can't listen to a book. I can't. I'll be driving for 20 minutes and then go... Oh crap! So I've years ago, up. I was yeah. listening to no the Chicago to. State Fair when they had that, or the Illinois State Fair. What, what the World's Fair they had in Chicago? Yeah. It's the World's Fair. Yeah. And there was like a murderer that lived down the street. This was back in like what 1919, yes. something like that. 1920. I listened to that, and I was like, "This book sucks." Like, I, it doesn't make any sense. Then I realized it was on a CD, and it was on random. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, son of a bitch. I was like, wait a minute. They killed that guy in the last chapter. How's he still alive here? This book sucks, man. Golly, what do you mean the Lindbergh baby? I mean, what's going on? The butler did it in the first three seconds. Yeah, I was like, well, this thing, Jesus. Talk about no suspense. Boy, you kill that hard on. That's awesome. (laughs) Hey, guys, wow, the left embraces cancel culture. Uh, I want you to get in on the action. Cancel your leftist-supporting cell phone provider and make the switch to America's only conservative cell phone carrier, Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile shares your values and will never charge you hidden fees. None like Big Mobile. They won't send your hard-earned money to Planned Parenthood or other leftist causes. Get the same reliable nationwide service and support a company that loves this country, shares your values, supports our Constitution, puts people before profit. And switching is easy. They've made it that way for you. You can keep your phone number. You can bring your own phone. You can get a new one from them. Right now, when you join their family of freedom-loving Americans, get free activation plus a free gift with the offer code CHAD, C-H-A-D. Veterans and first responders save even more. So please make the switch. Call 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. Or visit patriotmobile.com slash CHAD and get your customized plan. It starts at just 25 bucks. 972-PATRIOT or patriotmobile.com slash CHAD. Be right back. Finally, we've been talking about this. Uh, I've been talking about it for a year and a half. Anybody that's watching the show and has hung in there with us, you know I'm a big, big fan of Brad Thor. Obviously, there are fiction writers, and then there's Brad Thor. So I'm uh, happy to have him on the show today. We're going to talk to him about the new book that's coming out, the new Scott Harveth, the latest novel in the saga, in the series. It's called Near Dark, and it's going to be out uh, this week. And you need to make sure that you guys are are – getting this thing you got to start all the way back at the beginning get caught up but i'm telling you it's the best stuff out there brad thanks for joining us man thanks for coming on my pleasure i'm glad to be here thanks for having me 
I'm excited about this. I told you I just finished uh, the last book, and uh, the it, I, this guy is uh, Scott Harveth. I mean, he's in limbo at this point uh, and, and heading into a, a dark place of his life, and I don't want to give away anything more than what I'll let you do that. But what a character this guy is. I mean, how much, of, how much, when you spend that much time with a character, how much of you is coming out of that person and how much of him is you? Well, you know, I, Harveth was a SEAL. I was not a SEAL. My right. dad is a no longer active Marine. Uh, but Stephen King had a great piece of advice for writers, which is write what you love to read because mm-hmm. that's where your passion is. So I grew up uh, reading uh, Freddie Forsythe, John Le Carre, uh, the Ludlum books, Clancy. I loved all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I knew that when I eventually wrote thrillers, when I became an author, period, I wanted to write thrillers and I wanted to do them kind of in that vein of spies and Delta Force guys, special ops. And so that's my passion goes through that character. But I joke that Harvath gets to do all the things my wife won't let me do. So that's part of the lot of writing that character. I've wondered about that because if you read the Scott Harvath series, I'm going to hold the, the, the cover up here, let you see it. Uh, if you read that series, you know, here's a guy who basically – has no ties ultimately and historically, right? He, he, you know, he, nobody knows where he is in the world at any given time. I mean, he's out on a mission. He's doing, you know, uh, you know, wherever the Carlton Group sends him, he's out there doing it. And and you know, every now and then he checks in back at home, and he's out there. He's like, I, you know, as you say, an apex predator, a guy who doesn't know anything except to go out and be a hunter. Right. And, and a person who goes out there and gets the job done. And so I'm like, I wonder how much of this this uh, this would go over in marriage counseling, you know, with- <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, it's it's tough stuff, Chad. I, I, you know, I'm always reminded of that scene in American Sniper that for me was one of the truest uh, scenes in that entire movie where uh, Chris is back and he's in a bar and Taya reaches out to him and she can't. She's like, wait, you're back. Yeah. You're in a bar. I didn't you it, there's this compartmentalization that needs to happen between what you need to leave on the battlefield mm-hmm. and conversely what you need to leave at home before you go to the battlefield. And it's funny, I read a review of a, of a really cool translation of the Homer's Iliad and the Odyssey. Mm. And it said exactly that, that soldiers going to war should read the Iliad so they learn what parts of their civilized life to leave behind. And soldiers coming home from war should read the Odyssey to understand what parts of the battlefield <laughs> to leave behind on the battlefield. So it is, listen, this is a tough thing. There's a very, very high divorce rate in the special operations community with the men and women in the Intel community, because they do get dispatched at a moment's notice and they got to go down range. And that's, I say two things all the time, Chad. Number one, there cannot be an American dream without brave men and women willing to protect it. And families serve Two, just because your loved ones are going downrange and going in a harm's way doesn't mean the family doesn't serve, doesn't mean they don't stay home and stress the entire time their loved ones are away. So we're really lucky to have the warrior class that we do in this country, our fellow Americans that are willing to go and, and make it so you and I can do what we do. I write books, you're hosting TV, you're making music. You know, that, that doesn't happen without these incredible men and women. So yeah. my books, while they're fiction, I spend a lot of time with these people, so the books read as real as possible. And the books are essentially my way of giving voice to the quiet professionals who technically don't exist. Yeah. Glenn Beck and I were talking about you about probably a year ago, and I made the comment 
of how much I learn when I read your fiction books. And Glenn said, well, I call it faction, right? And, and, yeah. and so every now and then Glenn comes up with something smart. He probably stole it from somebody. I don't know where this guy <laughs> gets his stuff. But anyway, uh, and it's true. Uh, and that, that to me is, for me, that is the biggest compliment I could give somebody is how much – I learn from reading because a lot of times people say, well, you just read you read a fiction book. It's just kind of pablum. I mean, you know, this is something to occupy the time. No, you actually learn. I mean, I, I've learned more about foreign policy from Brad Thor than I have from any, anything on the news. So it's interesting when you do that. But when you live with a character like that, you know, uh, you got Lee Child with the Jack Reacher character. You've got uh, our buddy uh, Jack Carr with James Reese. And, mm-hmm. and I love seeing these guys who are coming along like jack right who was a former navy seal you know when you see guys who are doing that because i've talked with jack as well i mean he looks to you as sort of a kind of an unspoken unsung mentor in many ways i think uh in terms of i mean i I, it's like these guys everybody's there's brad thor and then there's everybody else that's trying to write books the same way do you does you even feel that way does it come across that way in terms of the accolades or, or how people respond to you it's funny because I've been at this now. I've got 20 books, 19 in the Harvest series. And by the way, for anybody who's watching, listening, that's never read a Brad Thor book, I say they're like the James Bond movies. Yeah. You don't have to have seen all the Bond movies to right. watch the new one. You know, I set it up for you so you can jump in at any book and they're always going to be current and fresh and you're going to have a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, but guys like Jack, you know, I was talking to Jack before he even got published. A SEAL buddy of mine said, hey, I've got this, I got this brother uh, and he, he's doing some writing and he enjoys your books. So would you talk to him? I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. of course I'll talk to him. I mean, again, this is I'm so passionate about our warriors. I should be happy to talk to him. And we got along like a house on fire. I think he's a fabulous writer. Uh, But as far as how I'm seen, Chad, listen, I'm a Midwestern guy. My dad's a no longer active Marine. I went to school on the GI Bill. My mom was a flight attendant for TWA. They both became uh, entrepreneurs. And me, it's nose to the grindstone every single time. Mm -hmm. I don't work for Simon & Schuster. I work for the readers. They're Mm -hmm. my bosses. Those three, four, five-star reviews, whatever they give me, that's my annual performance review on Amazon and Goodreads. And so when you talk about these guys saying, oh, and Brad Thor, and I kind of look up to him, you know, I I don't – all I do is write my books. I don't – there's there's a term for it where you're concerned that the next book – I always say, is the book I'm doing now good enough to get me a deal in New York (laughs) if nobody knew who I was? It's that commitment to never phoning it in. So when I I hear something very kind like that from you or from from Jack or whatever, it just – it doesn't compute. It just does Mm -hmm. not get through my my grape that these people are saying, oh, and then there's Brad Thor because – Every year I'm competing against myself trying to get better. That, I think that's just kind of the nature of being a small business person, which is what I consider myself. And I'll reiterate what you said there at the beginning. If you pick up any one of those books in any part of the series, you're going to get caught up. You're going to you're going to hear the backstory. You know, if you introduce a character in the book and that you've you know, those of us who have read all the books, you're like, OK, well, I can kind of skip this paragraph because I know where Nicholas came from. You know, I know I know, <laughs> I know his backstory. And, and so that but it, but I love the fact that you do that because you don't it's not, you know, one of those cliffhangers where you got to know what came before. Uh, the elements of the story build on one another, but it, it's a standalone book, and I appreciate the fact that it's it's so well crafted in that way. 
you know, it, it, if you ever, do you ever look at this, and I know that it's got to be kind of like uh, giving birth, right? You look at this and it's like, <laughs> yeah. I, I've labored over this and now here's this mm-hmm. product. Have you ever looked at a book and said, this is my favorite? You know what? It, it's, it's interesting because David Morrell, who wrote uh, Rambo, right. he, he goes around, he calls himself Rambo's daddy, which he's totally allowed to do. It's really funny to see him introduce himself in a bar to somebody like that. I love David. Uh, he's a great writer and a great teacher of writing. And he said that your idea each year, uh, if you're doing a book a year, has to be so exciting to you that it propels you through that gestation period, that given birth. So when people ask me, what's your favorite book? I say it's the next one. Because that's the one I'm currently working on now. It's the one I'm most excited about. I try to find an idea out there. I mean, you're so kind. You talk about learning about geopolitics and stuff in the books. My book, you're supposed to take to the lake. You're supposed to take to the beach. You know, toes in the sand, book in the hand kind of a thing. And I want you flipping those pages. They're short, crisp, cinematic. Mm -hmm. But if you close the book, having learned a little bit of something, not, you know, I'm not here to teach anything. It's fiction. It's supposed to be fun. But if you do pick up a thing or two along the way, then for me, that's icing on the cake. I've given you a bonus. Because yeah. my big thing is you can go make another, you know, 25 bucks if you buy the hardcover or $9.99 for a paperback. Yeah. But what you can't make more of is your time. And that's where I consider myself most responsible to you. You're trusting me with your time. I want to give you even more value for your money and your time than what you've invested in me. So that you say, you know, this store guy's okay. I'm going to read another <laughs> book of hits. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it gets addictive. It really does. Because I remember you alluded to Stephen King earlier. I remember uh, Stephen King, and I think it was his on writing where he said, you know, give it 20 minutes. And if 20 minutes into the book, you're not into it and it's not gripping you, put it down and go read something else. There's too many other good things to read. And so when, you know, I think what was the first one, Lions of Lucerne, and I, you know, I picked that up and I'm reading it. I'm like, okay, this is, I'm into this, right? I'm into this. There's so many different uh, folks out there in a genre that you can choose from. But again, when we talk about that faction, the learning, uh, it is entertaining to learn these things, right? You're seeing a community of people, and you're right. You know, anytime I'm on stage, we always say, I always say it's the greatest country that's ever existed. It's still the greatest country because we've got men and women that are willing to put on a uniform. And, and so many unsung people, people who will who don't put on the uniform, but still, uh, you know, go and do these things that we'll never know their name. We'll never know what they do. We'll never know these things that are going on uh, around us. And that's what he is the epitome of in this book. So in, in all the books, do you, you know, do you find yourself and this is something I, I, that fascinates me about writers and authors. How much do you feel driven to read yourself of other authors and things like that? Or is it, I got to write, got to write, got to write? So Louis Lamore, the famous Western mm-hmm. author, had said, you can't even be a halfway decent writer without mm-hmm. being an incredibly voracious reader. Right. And uh, Louis always, if he was at the post office, the grocery store, standing online to pay for his, uh, his groceries, he always had a paperback in his back pocket and he would pull it out and start reading. So I read everything and mm-hmm. I read fiction, I read nonfiction. So yeah, each really important. And that's also one of the things that I love about being an author is I can always get better. Right. I think there's probably singers out there that maybe if you work on breath control and stuff, I don't hear a lot of singers saying I'm still going to voice lessons and stuff. But uh, I I, and you could speak to it better than I could, Chad, uh, because I can't sing. Uh, But with my craft of writing, I look at it as I can always get better and I get better by studying 
other forms of writing, other people that are successful with their writing. I read books on writing. So if I'm not writing, I'm reading and it's a toss up between, you know, fiction and nonfiction, but sprinkled into the nonfiction is, uh, are, are lots during the year books on writing. Yeah. Always trying to get better yeah. up the game. I love it. But it's like an athlete, right? You're always trying to get a couple seconds off your time or push the weight a little bit harder because you know you'll perform better on the field. And that's kind of how I look at it. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, we're with Brad Thor. He's got his new book coming out, uh, Near Dark, and it's in the Scott Harvath ser- series. It is the latest that uh, of these incredible books, and we're going to talk some more about that because I want to talk about some of the story development when we come back. But before we go to a break, I want to remind you guys about Keeps. Uh, if you're like me, your hair's falling out. Look at Brad. Look how good his hair looks. Look at that hair. My God. What the heck? Uh you know what? Losing hair is no fun, especially if you're a guy uh, who's, you know, you know, you, you, everything's going on for you, but you got, you know, your hair's falling out. You can go to the pharmacy. You can get all that expensive stuff to try to keep from going bald. But I want to encourage you to go to Keeps, and you can do it from the comfort of your own home and living room. You're going to get the same doctor-recommended FDA-approved hair loss treatment, but Keeps is going to offer the generic versions for about half the cost. And the beautiful thing about Keeps is you do it all online. Just answer a few questions, snap a couple of pictures of the top of your head, and a licensed doctor is going to review your info and recommend the right hair loss treatment for you. It's going to be shipped discreetly to your door, so don't make the unnecessary trip to the doctor in the drugstore. Save some money, and I'm going to get you started with a special deal. Go to Keeps.com, K-E-E-P-S.com slash loss for 50% off your first order. Keeps hair loss treatments. Go get it. Keeps.com slash loss. Hang tight. We'll be right back with Brad Thor. Haunted by the deaths of those he loved most and spiraling into self-destruction, Scott's jolted back to reality after a rowdy bar fight turns lethal. Uh, I don't like that whole deaths of those he loved part, Brad. I'm just telling you, man. It's always tough. You know, you were talking earlier about, you know, crafting these books and, and kind of, you know, making the next one better and how can you create and all these things. And there's uh, you, when you create that reality – there's so many directions you can go on that. When you're looking at a book and you're looking at a concept, where does the story come from? Where What's your motivation in that area? Do you work backwards? Do you work forwards? Is it, you know, can you even tell us? No, well, you know, a lot of people say, where do you get your ideas? And I say, I get them in the shower or after <laughs> the second, uh, the second uh, glass of brown water. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's stuff comes to me when I'm relaxed. And I'm also a voracious, as we talked about in the other segment, consumer of news, mm-hmm. as well as uh, being a voracious reader. So I look at things and say, what if? What if this? What if that? Uh, what's interesting about Near Dark, though, the way the idea came together is last year when I was wrapping up writing the manuscript for Backlash, uh, Barnes & Noble said, hey, we'd like you to give us a bonus chapter mm. and we're going to create a special edition for our customers. And me being the small businessman, I want all my business partners to be happy. I'm like, you got it. Sure. I'll do it. You know, and I got to the end of my manuscript. I'm like, oh, God, now I got to write this chapter. What am I going <laughs> to do? And uh, my kids love the Marvel movies, Mm -hmm. and we know to never leave the theater until after the credit crawl because that final scene pops up. And I thought, okay, what could I do that's kind of similar to that? 
uh, the the book itself was done. Every everything was sewn up perfectly. Backlash didn't need an extra chapter, but I got this idea for a bonus chapter that I thought would be really cool. And I pitched my editor. She's like, write it. And I wrote it that somebody was taking out a hundred million dollar bounty halfway around the world mm-hmm. on my main character. And I wrote it. And my editor loved it. Barnes and Noble loved it. Great. Well, like the Marvel Universe, that now becomes part of my protagonist universe. I couldn't have in this year's book, Near Dark, Scott Harvath wake up and do the old soap opera trope. Woo! What a bad dream that yeah, was. Right? A million dollar bounty. I'm so glad it didn't happen. Just a dream. But So I had to start this book with that chapter as the prologue to Near Dark. And I reached out to some of my uh, buddies in the special operations community and in the intelligence community. And I said, listen... If all of a sudden you found out there was a $100 million price tag on your head, what would you do? And one of the first guys that I went to said, well, the only way to kill a contract like that is to kill the person who put it out on you. Mm. It's the only way to get rid of it. And I thought, okay, well, this is interesting. But what was so tough for me, Chad, is I like this idea of Harvath having assassins chasing him. But if Harvath throws his phone away and doesn't tell anybody where he is, you're never going to find him. Mm. So it took it was it was tough because I wanted to shove this round story into uh, you know it's kind of the, the round peg into a square hole and it wasn't fitting. And then I realized what Dear Dark was going to be about was these guys think they're playing cat and mouse with Harvath, but he's already three steps ahead of them and he's unraveling their whole thing right like right behind them and they don't mm-hmm. even know like a like the the ghost of death that he is, the the angel of death, that he's right behind him figuring out what's going on. And he's plucking this guy, this guy's dead, now this guy, and he's working mm-hmm. his way through him. So it was tough, but each book is different, right? So I had an idea for a global pandemic in my book, Code of Conduct, right. where I started off by saying, if the president of the United States could get the virus, everybody else in America realized they weren't safe. And that's what started that book off. And I thought, okay, this will be cool. Never thinking COVID was coming, sure. knowing it was always a, a possibility. So these things start as little nuggets of ideas, often with me looking at something in the world and saying, what if that isn't what we think it is? Like the Cold War, we won the Cold War. My mm-hmm. book, State of the Union, I said, well, what if the Soviets actually rolled over and played dead, played possum on us? And we didn't win it the way we thought. Mm-hmm. So it's it's more back to Stephen King. Stephen King has a great line. He says, writers are people who've trained their minds to misbehave. And mm-hmm. I think that's very true, especially in my case. Although I didn't train it, it came wired messed up. <laughs> I'll tell you, it, when I read Code of Conduct, well, I say that, uh, I thought back to Code of Conduct, and I was like, this guy's prophetic. Because, I mean, you you almost, you wrote that in what, 16, 17? Or, I mean, when was that released? That's been a couple years, of years. I, I think that, yeah, I think that might have been trying to look back to my bookshelf here. I, that's probably, yeah, that's, that's, that's probably four or five 15. books back, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably 14, 2014 or 2015. And so, I mean, you could yeah, have plucked I mean, that literally out of the headlines today. Yeah. Listen, when when we let those five guys go from Gitmo mm. in exchange for Bo Bergdahl, I started my book, The First Commandment, with five guys being released from Gitmo yeah. uh, in exchange for another guy. And and that ended up coming true. That was just the lucky pick. I could have picked four guys or six guys. I happened to pick five. And that's how many <laughs> of the, you know, the guys we let go out of Gitmo. So sometimes sometimes it's luck. Sometimes it's just having read the, the tea leaves a certain way. Uh, you know, it, it it, it just a lot of the stuff that I've put in the books has rolled out in real life. And I think that's part of the fun for my readers, too, is they love seeing stuff that uh, comes true in the books. And so that just gives the, the current book they're reading even more resonance that this could explode yeah. on your front door this afternoon. Yeah. What's happening in the, in the thriller? 
What would you do, you know, if somebody's wanting to get into, you know, the average person that writes a book, they're not going to make any money, right? I mean, that's just, that's the way it goes. I mean, it's a hard business to get into and to be successful at it. Do you still encourage young writers, new writers, folks that want to get into the business? I mean, what are the, what are the warnings that you give to them? What are the yellow flags that are there? Well, if this is your dream, I encourage everybody to go and do it because mm-hmm. I was on my honeymoon. I, I, I had gone overseas after after college. I'd saved some money to go overseas and write a book. And I gave up after three chapters because I had this voice that I think we all do in the back of our minds that says, eh, maybe it's not a good idea. You may embarrass yourself. This <laughs> may be terrible. You may fail. Don't do it. And I succumbed to that voice and I went into television instead um, and I was in TV for a number of years, hosting a program on public television, a travel show. Um, and on my honeymoon, my wife said, what would you regret on your deathbed never having done? And I said, writing a book and getting it published. And mm-hmm. she said, okay, when we get home, two hours a day, you need to start making that dream come true. Mm-hmm. And so that push really helped get me there. I think anybody who wants to write a book should absolutely do it, Chad. 99% of the people that say they're going to do it never do it. So if you can finish it, that's a huge sense of accomplishment. It's like running your first marathon, I've got to imagine, climbing your first mountain. I finished, I've done written 20 books now. None of them feel as good to finish as that first one did because I knew that I could write more. Uh, but the business is tough. And I think it's even tougher because there's the siren song of self-publishing. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of people feel, oh, I'll just go publish it on Amazon. And, you know, that may work for some people. I, I don't poo-poo the independent publishing industry at all if that's where people want to go. But I do encourage people to stick with it, that kind of Navy SEAL mentality. When I was talking to Jack Carr, mm. I said, Jack, it's going to be impossible for you to ever get your book published. And he said, why? I said, because your SEALs are all quitters. Exactly. <laughs> the minute you guys see something that's a challenge, you run away. And he he laughed so hard because he knew I was kidding him. Uh, but he, I said, you know, just stick with it. Don't quit. And that's the advice I'd give any writer is stick with it. Don't quit. And the key to getting a book published is finding an agent. It's not finding a publisher. It's finding an agent. Mm-hmm. And agents will tell you only approach one of us at a time. There's a great book that you can get uh, at a, any bookstore called The Guide to Literary Agents. And it's a whole listing, like a phone book, of agents who are looking for new writers. Mm-hmm. And they say, just approach one of us at a time. And I say, forget that. Because if it takes one agent three months to turn you down and you have to go through 12 agents, that's three years of your life. Yeah. I say pick 10, 15 that you think would really love your book and hit them all at the same time. Shotgun effect. Sure. Yeah, I agree. Don't give up. Yeah. Keep going. You know, and you've referenced Jack Carr. I mean, if you're a Navy SEAL, I think that's in the contract. you got to write a book when you get out of yeah. the SEALs. So you've got to write <laughs> that's a book. That's what Delta guys say, too. Yeah. And, you know, like, how many Navy SEALs does it take to complete the operation? And it's like eight <laughs> Plus one more to write the book. That's kind of the odd joke. And I say that with all the love in my heart sure. for everyone in the SEAL community. But that is, you got, yeah. you listen, those guys are smart. They go into finance and they write books. There are no dummies in the SEAL community. No, there's really that. not. And that's why no I, I love giving my buddy Clint Emerson a hard time. I was like, at least yours has cartoon Great pictures guy. in it, you know? And uh, Clint's a good buddy, right? And I give him the hardest time. I'm like, you wrote the perfect SEAL book because yours is illustrated. <laughs> the 100 Deadly Skills yeah. and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, I've got books here. 
here. I like him a lot. He's great on social media, super guy. Marcus Luttrell and his yep. brother Morgan, two more uh, Texas guys are absolutely fantastic. <laughs> I love those guys. There's some super people that come out of that out of that community. I really, really like the SEALs. They're just great, great people. Yeah, they're, uh, they're, they're, it's a great community. We've been blessed and fortunate to get to know a lot of those guys, and I love the accuracy that you write Scott Harveth with, you know, just compared to, because I ask those guys questions. I say, you know, if you read these, you know, what, what are your thoughts on that? And they're like, yeah, he nails it. You know, he nails it. And I, I think that's it's a, because I talk to guys like you Marcus talk to and guys, Morgan, yeah. because I know that if I get anything wrong, I'm going to hear from our buddy Pete or Paul or Marcus or Morgan. So I really feel compelled. These guys are not really out there saying you get some seals that are writing thrillers like Jack Carr and things like sure. that. But I really consider that brand. Uh, you know, I'm 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 fortunate in that I'm able to write about the exploits of these incredible warriors. So I better get it right. And if I don't, it's on me. The mistakes are all my fault, mm. all my responsibility. I don't blame anybody who's a uh, a helpful guy with details to my books. I own those mistakes. So I take it very seriously. And what's cool, Chad, is how many young men and women I hear from that say, after reading your books, I want to join up. Awesome. Either I want to I want to join the Navy, I want to join the Army, Air Force, the Marines, the Coast Guard, or I want to go into the FBI, or I decided I want to be a cop in my town because I love the the ethos, the warrior ethos that I read about in your books. Yeah. And I, you couldn't get better fan mail than that. Yeah, that's good. How it, it, We got another minute. I want to ask you, how, how important is pre-ordering books? I pre-order books. I, I just think it helps get the rankings out that's there. Huge. Yeah. Yeah, it's huge. It sends it sends a signal to the marketplace about what the expectation is for a book and it can really help an author. If you have an author that you love, one of the greatest things you can do for that author is to pre-order their new book and then just talk about it with friends, mm-hmm. family, coworkers. Word of mouth is one of the best things for an author, but pre-ordering is so so helpful. Well, Brad Thor folks, the Scott Harvest novels, you got to get them the new one is near dark. Uh, it comes out tomorrow, actually. Uh, so yes, if, you, if you're watching this tonight, go ahead, pre-order it. Uh, you'll get it tomorrow. So that's fantastic. Uh, if you're doing it on a digital download, or but get the book. I mean, I, I was telling him off the off the camera here. I've kind of forgotten what pages feel like. I read so much digitally. Brad, thanks, man. I'm thankful for you. I appreciate you. Appreciate your investment in what you do because it's an investment in my life, and I'm thankful for it. So uh, the best wishes to you, and uh, here's to being on the top of the the uh, bestseller list. Uh, thank you, brother. It was good being with you, and I look forward to being back again. Take Absolutely. care of yourself and your family. Thanks, Brad. We'll talk soon, buddy. Bye-bye. Brad Thor, folks. I love it. I love it. I love it. I can't wait to read that book. I admire people who do stuff like that, though. I mean, that's you know how tedious it is. I mean, not only to to write the book, but the detail and the research that goes into. I mean, there's so much there in those books. I'm just telling you, if you've never read them, you gotta you gotta I've, get into it. I've read every single word of his Wikipedia page. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the man ran for president for like six weeks. Hmm, forgot that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, check it out. Brad Thor's an interesting cat. He's an interesting cat. Uh, I like him. I like him. Uh, yeah, and so uh, that yeah. was fun. You liked him too, didn't you? you were he's like, pretty. He's pretty he's, man. Yeah, his hair is it, perfect. Got yeah. that perfect little swoop going on. I noticed that these authors, they tend to be rather attractive. They're very debonair, very suave. I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> you know, Jack yeah, I don't Clark. I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, yes, the ones that you've had on the show. You pick all the pretty ones. Lynn Emerson? 
Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a stretch to call dudes. Clint uh, an author. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get Clint back on the show. He's got a new deal coming out. Uh, basically, how to kill people. I love Clint. I love his books. I mean, he's got some really practical stuff. I love the chapter about shoving stuff up your butt in order to hide it. Yeah. In a cigar tube. That's a cool. Has it come in pretty useful in your life? I well, I mean, you notice I'm kind of sitting sideways. Yeah. Right now. Who doesn't anyway. do that? You know. <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> anyway, I love it, man. Uh, prison so I, I'm real appreciative of Brad coming on the show, man. <laughs> yeah. And I, but I do encourage you guys to do it. We've had some good folks on here that have written some really good stuff. Mm-hmm. But that that was like a bucket list for me to get Brad on because legit. That, I know what it goes through to take a. To write a three-minute song and have twelve mm. of them on a CD, <laughs> to write a freaking book, dude. A book, dude. And but, and but mean, no, have series. 20, thirty books that yeah. you've written. Well, it's like that's you said, amazing I mean, to me. It's a book a year, right? I mean, yeah. that's a, that's a yeah, that's insane. That's amazing to me. You know, and you look at Jack Carr when he writes a thing. He's got to put like a product guide in the back of all the weapons and the companies, and and sometimes I'm like, bro. <laughs> he put on his nine line apparel shirt <laughs> jack stop it <laughs> but uh by the way you could say chad prather for governor i mean let's go ahead and talk about that jack you know <laughs> boy howdy being an author like that that's just a different mindset it is it, the dedication to it that's mm-hmm. the thing the tediousness and the dedication the tenacity of hanging in there and doing it because you know i've written plenty in my life but but to sit down and just say okay because after a while you're like is this shit any good right do, you start I second guessing i mean it's like when we write songs and we put them on the thing and party foul steve who by the way has never creatively composed a damn thing in his life who goes it's a fun song <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not entirely true. It's like but it's like well, no, it's it's, it's reasonably no. It's that's okay. true. You have, it's, but your stuff can't be repeated. No, usually not. Like a hundred percent. He'll he'll be singing songs in the car when we're traveling somewhere, and I'm like, what did you just say? <laughs> and let me tell you, if I'm responding like that, it's strong. Yeah, it's strong. May, may I say though, I do know personally some celebrities who have authored books, and like I've read, who? and I'm like. You didn't write that. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I, that that's is right. True. I'm like, no, you did not write. I, you did not put that together. No, that's true. It was their ideas and their thoughts, but somebody mm-hmm. handled it. I'm for saving them, my which is book fine. writing until um, after Chad is elected governor of the state of Texas. Oh boy, mm-hmm. he's sitting on a million dollars. Hello. I mean, there. party val's been sitting on a million dollars for a long time. Mm-hmm. You stay seated. <laughs> he's got something shoved up his butt in a yeah. cigar. Thing. There's a cigar tube up there. <laughs> but it, that, that, what's in that clear? We're good. The stuff in his butt will save your life, according to Clint Emerson. I don't know what in the hell I'm going to do with all that cotton, but yeah, well, if that thing comes open in there, <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have a sixteen penny nail <laughs> and a thumb and a and a, and a thimble. Uh, um, anyway, yeah, well, I got a little money in my butt, and it feels real funny <laughs> in, in my, my butt. butt. You can put a telephone in, in your butt. butt. It's like a dinosaur bone in your butt. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Eddie Murphy. <laughs> in Hollywood. Hot tub. Go make it sweat. Myself. We're off the rails. I'm sorry, Brad Thor. This is a very suave. You think we, went from, we went from Brad Thor novelist <laughs> to off the rails. Yeah. Do you, think he, do you think his family like ever sees him? 
he writes that many books well mm. you know and you gotta again, say hold up right true you, you go back i mean yeah well it's like he said his wife said you know take two hours a day and dedicate yourself to that but obviously uh you saw his green screen there behind him mm-hmm. which is actually his office you know during the break folks they were asking if that was a green screen or whatever and i'm it like was no, me. no it's it wasn't <laughs> i know she's like no i did not I, so obviously well, uh, scott harvest has it. paid very well paid very very well anyway that was a sexy background oh it's beautiful yeah, yeah. i want a house <laughs> i hope one day i can get a house <laughs> the yeah. governor's mansion i ain't oh. living in it that's that's uh I know. la hacienda de la personas de la, yes Somebody told me the other day that was racist. Speaking Spanish <laughs> is racist. <laughs> Apparently, you know what else they've canceled? Uh, the name Payday because y'all fools don't work, <laughs> and it's offensive. What? No, I'm kidding. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my I'm kidding. It offends people who can't get a, who don't want to get a job. Got to change the candy bar payday. Well, you know, but, I mean, you wouldn't put it past anybody. Exactly. Right? That's what I'm saying. You don't know what to believe. Uh, yeah. 2020 is the onion real in real life. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. nothing. I mean, he can't get paid. He's just waiting on his stimulus package. That's what it is. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Steve gets four checks. I mean, you, you should get a pandemic a year, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Load it up. So when they send it to you, they send you a check or they send you like a card. What? For stimulus? Yeah. No, direct deposit. Oh, they did? Yeah. Mm, I know several people who got a card. Like a visa. So that must be when they don't have their direct deposit hooked up to the IRS. It's yeah. a little gift card. I didn't. I mean, I'm rich. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm homeless. So my wife owns a house. My wife owns a house. Which one? <laughs> well, the first one and the, the last one. I don't know if that came out right. Uh, where am I? I? I just got lightheaded. I feel dizzy. <laughs> Woo, time to start drinking some of that uh whiskey that's on the shelf i think oh boy howdy i am not kidding uh hope everybody had a great monday uh, you, 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 it's you a know, monday obviously it was great for you to hang out with us you're welcome it's fantastic fantastic you got to get that book though you gotta get gotta start <laughs> lions of lucerne if you want to start the series and go in order how many books are there total 19 scott harvath books but he's written 20 20 that's what I counted on the green screen. I don't have screen. enough years left in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I just like. That's like when you were reading uh, Echo and Ramadi of uh, sitting on the plane. That was looking. like the easiest reading book I've ever read. He it's was like so I wrote studious it. sitting over there reading, reading. Uh, Homeboy's book. Scott Hughesley. Scott, I know. Oh, okay. I was like, <laughs> got to give him a shout out. Yeah, so. Scott. I was about to say. Uh, anyway. Be right back. <laughs> <laughs> I want to remind everybody at the end of this week, we will be in Oklahoma City uh, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night. We're going we're gonna to own Oklahoma City at that point. Six shows, four nights. Going to be there. So get your tickets at watchchad.com. That's where all the fun stuff is. Uh, Steve Helms Band. Uh, Steve, uh, I got a royalty check the other day. Yes. $34. $34. I'm a musician. You said you were rich, wow. but I didn't realize you were talking about big money. Like, like Dwayne Johnson money. Oh, wow. in the double digits Damn. right there, buddy. Yeah, $34. Bucks. And then I, but I got another another uh, deal 
through deals like 134 bucks. And I was like, I'm moving up in the music <laughs> scene. there, dude. You hey, know? Just my, hang in there. My YouTube channel, twenty. I'm up to 26 bucks. A month? No. Total. <laughs> Lifetime. Lifetime. Oh. <laughs> Before long, good. dude, you'll be so good in the music industry that you'll hang out on your buddy's website. Yeah. In his podcast. Exactly. That's how good I am, right? That's yeah. right. SteveHelmsBand.com. Yeah. About that for a plug. Party Shut Foundation on down. YouTube. Sarah Gonzalez Unplugged. Or Unfiltered. That, that too. No. I just want to make sure they were paying attention. <laughs> Sarah Gonzalez Unfiltered. Where the hell did Unplugged come from? Uh, and Natalie does stuff. Uh, but anyway, the, the uh, you know. <laughs> two. Now, seeing you, your shirt there, Fort Worth Sound. Huh? I matter. That's all I was going to say. Her. says that on her wikipedia page okay. she does stuff. that lives matter <laughs> all right guys we love y'all god bless you we'll talk to you next time bye okay. <laughs>